Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. Um, the Eagles fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28-22. to 22. Uh, We've had a couple days to uh, dissect the, the game with, with their thoughts and, uh, uh, you know, not, not a whole lot to uh, really talk about. I feel like uh, going back and forth with uh, Sirianni or Hertz is... Uh, uh, all well and good, but uh, before we do that, um, the arguably uh, the the bigger news of the day: uh, the Eagles. Uh, we're recording Saturday, so this happened on Friday the fifteenth. Um, the Eagles trade Zach Ertz to the Arizona Cardinals for cornerback Tay Gowan and a twenty twenty two fifth round pick. Um, so uh, the the long awaited Zach Ertz. Um, story i won't say it was a, a saga or anything dramatic because he handled it with um class and uh, uh grace even though he was disgruntled with his uh contract situation coming into the season um uh that whole story ends with uh, him going to uh, you know arguably the best team in the league at the moment at least the the only undefeated team at the moment uh, and joins uh, Kyler Murray and their uh, plethora of uh, weapons on offense. So uh, very happy for, for Zach able uh, to join a team that has uh, Super Bowl aspirations. I'm glad it wasn't a trade just to, to make it. It seems like it made sense for, for both teams. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll start this uh, podcast. Um, uh, reflecting on, on Zach's time uh, briefly uh, before we get into this uh, Buccaneers game. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Mike, how you doing? Doing well. Um, I think the Thursday night game was at least like, speak, like what I thought going to the game and kind of reacting to how the game went. went. I didn't think there was like big picture or kind of not, not big picture, like organizationally, but like big picture of the game. I thought it, it went kind of how I expected, but just ready to move on. Like, <laughs> I think um, the Earth's the Earth's news, I think, like you said, I, I think I'm happy for him and I'll be excited to root for him and how the rest of his season goes. Cause I really wish he got to end his his stint with the Eagles on a on a brighter traje- trajectory, and I am kind of glad that the tight end group can kind of move on because I think the Ertz Eagles thing got dragged on like a season too long, but I'm kind of just ready to move on and. Yeah, let's talk about Ertz because I think like he's been a cornerstone for the franchise for the better part of the last decade. And I think I think we've just we were lucky to have him. I think he ended up being a great draft pick. He obviously ended up becoming one of the franchise franchise's best players. I don't think that's arguable. Like I think he's just He's definitely a guy that will have his own part of like Eagles lore. 
Yeah, he's he will be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Uh, he's the the Eagle that scored the most important touchdown in franchise history, the most important fourth down uh, touch or uh, fourth down conversion in history, the most important uh, uh, two yard reception in Eagles team history. Um, then he's the he's the last uh, Eagle to uh, lead the team that uh, has a touchdown in, in the Super Bowl. The other uh, five five players scored um, Alshon Jeffrey, Corey Clement, Nick Foles and LeGarrett Blunt uh, all had left, either retired out of the league um, or, or on another team. Uh, now Zach joins them. And uh, it, it does leave the, the Eagles with uh, a whole of veteran leadership of uh, sort of a, another pillar of that Super Bowl team has left. Um, but uh, luckily, um, we, we have Dallas Goddard, who's a very good player and will now be the um, undisputed tight end one on this team. Uh, he needs a contract as soon as possible. Uh, he, he and his agent met, mentioned his contract um, earlier this year going into week one. It was kind of a quiet thing because of the Earth's news or the Earth's situation. But uh, now that that's resolved, the Eagles need, need to sign him or else they, they could be in a really uh, rough spot um, or at, at the tight end position, which they haven't been in in, in years, uh, having uh, Brent Selleck uh, being followed by Zach Ertz immediately, and now Goddard uh, following Ertz. So, um, and then, and then obviously Zach Ertz with um, his wife Julie having uh, such an impact on on the city of Philadelphia. Uh, won a lot of a lot of great quotes out of his uh, media conference, which was rare in itself a, a player being traded a uh, demanding or I mean, demanding is a little aggressive but uh adamantly requesting a uh, meeting with the media um uh what one quote stood out of him uh hearing a, a reporter mention that he he's going home to the west coast and julie's from arizona and he uh pushed back on that saying that philadelphia is home uh to him and that uh that is one of the many reasons he, he was a special player in the city. He understood us uh, from a, a fan perspective. It wasn't pandery like uh, uh, some guys like uh, Bryce Harper might be uh, like um, he, he uh, embodied uh, the, the type of player that we um, yearn for in in this uh, as a fan of, of our team. So um, we, we will miss him. Uh, He's, he's only 30, you know, he's got some years left. Uh, pretty sure he even joked that uh, he might resign just to get the, he's the second uh, all-time leader in the Eagles franchise history in uh, receptions by, uh, I think, 10 um, uh, behind Harold Carmichael. So yeah. he uh, joked he would resign just to get, uh, you know, 11 or 12 catches to, to become the, the top uh, receiver. Yeah, I think he, he's just a great example of an athlete who resonated with the city of the team that he's on. And, I mean, it, it comes into focus in a time with the, the Ben Simmons saga. And it's just like, 
you you couldn't point to like a better kind of uh like the encapsulation of what philadelphia's fans and i'm sure like it's not completely unique like i'm sure that he would flourish in whatever fan base it's just an example of like the fans demand a lot but it's not an unreasonable request like they just want to see you do everything in your control to contribute to winning and like deal with the kind of criticism or booing and know that it's not like it's not a critical thing to you it's just we want to see more we want to see like everything you have and that's it like if if you show that and even if you're not one of the best players in the league like you'll still end up being a beloved player and i think he really he really said that well in his conference and i think like clearly those players don't come around that often especially with that mentality and pairing with his great talent so i think it's just i mean clearly going to miss him on the field but i think from a fan perspective those players don't come around that often and i was thinking like in my mind like i've been a phillies fan longer than an eagles fan and i feel like i look at it's kind of like a like a chase utley of the eagles like he's always he's not the guy who is coming out and he's not a very like loud leader but he's you know, he, he's not a nobody and like he definitely has like an attitude, but he's just like head down, gonna grind it out. At the end of the season, he's probably gonna be like a pro bowler or at least in contention every year. And I know we did see his talent kind of take a step down uh, these past two seasons, but to your point, I think we'll see that talent uh, to better use and a better offense. So I look forward to that, but um yeah it's it's kind of it's a little sentimental i think of the eagles the super bowl winning eagles team i think Ertz might be the second most sentimental second tone like just for me i think i think whatever or whenever uh kelsey decides to hang it up like i think that might be the most like evocative of a player kind of closing the book on their Eagles tenure, but Ertz is definitely up there for me. How about you? Yeah. Um, uh, and you, you say his talent, uh, you know, is, or at least his production has gone down recently. I think that's also uh, due to the lack of talent under center as well uh, with the Carson struggling so much. And now, uh, you know, Hertz not, being a uh, very consistent uh, I think that Ertz is still a very good player and uh, with a better team uh, like the Cardinals I think that he you might see his production uh, increase um, later this season uh, but as as far as like uh, him him leaving I think it's uh as a rare player he is it's a rare situation in which you're you're happy for a player you love going to another team mm -hmm. uh, i think it's uh outside of a retirement like this is the best uh situation for him i would i would feel bad that he has to 
spend the waning years of his career with the rebuilding Eagles team that we don't even know if the the coach is going to last more than one year and same thing with the quarterback. Um, but, but, uh, yeah. And a lot of that goes to like how, how consistently good he's been. Um, uh, the last year would have been completely unbearable without, uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, he was Carson's favorite target last year and he wasn't making that many, uh, completions week to week, uh, to anyone else. So, uh, with Zach Ertz not on the team, I, I really, wonder if they even win four games last year. Um, and just like we, we talk about his talent and how good he was. Uh, I found this, uh, stat really interesting. Um, uh, consistency has been, uh, lacking or at least good consistency has been lacking. You could say the Sixers have been consistent losing in the second round the last few years, or uh, granted that they did get swept by the Celtics in the first round uh, two years ago. But um, uh, so that's consistency in a bad way, but uh, I found this interesting uh, per Ruben Frank, uh, Zach Ertz has uh, had caught at least one pass in the last 101 games he played as an Eagle, which is the second largest streak of consecutive games with a reception in franchise history as uh, Harold Carmichael had 130 game streak from 1972 through 1980. Um, so that's only, uh, I mean, only was 29 more games, but uh, the last time Ertz played a game that he didn't record a catch was November 27, 2014 uh, in a win over the Cowboys. So, and he also had, uh, two games without a catch his rookie year. So, uh, you know, 2014, it's, uh, seven, seven seasons. It's been since Ertz has not had at least one catch in a game. So he's been uh, a focal point of, of the offense, uh, for, for many years. And, uh, if we didn't have, you know, Dallas Goddard to, to fill in there, it would, be a massive hole on the field as well um but i i he he definitely will be missed and uh he's he's been a staple of the eagles offense for almost a, an entire decade so uh the eagles will definitely be a new look team in in the next season or two hopefully they'll they'll improve and bring in a lot of young talent and uh have some sustainable success but uh, you know, for, for right now, it's, it's all about, uh, Zach Ertz leaving and that's, that's pretty much the, the news of the week. Um, where would you put him in? Um, like we won't go back to like, um, like McNabb or Dawkins, like we'll, we'll put the line and maybe like, we'll say like 2016 forward, like where would he rank in your like Eagles that, you rooted for the hardest or you like they were your favorite where is he in that hierarchy um i i i think um outside of i i would say on the offensive side of the ball he's probably been my my favorite uh player i mean i i can't i i can't uh block block out the um the uh, the the fact that I was uh, a part of the the Wentz wagon for a long time. Yeah, uh, it's tough to resolve that. Like looking back, like of course everybody really really liked him, and like yeah, 
you seem I, like the guy for the next decade, and then it just kind of came to a, a crashing halt. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that Carson was my favorite player, but he was the, the one that I believed in the potential the most. I think it's hard to believe in the potential of Zach Ertz when he's uh, already a, a very good to great player consistently. You're, you're not really believing in potential anymore. You're believing in consistency and, and, and greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I would compare him on the offensive side of the ball to how I feel about Brandon Graham on the, on the defensive side of the ball. I think um, uh, you like, you know, Eagle Eagle for life, whether he's wearing the Cardinals jersey or not. Um, I would say Zach Ertz is probably my my top guy. Um, uh, I think the the last player I really was uh, excited to to watch was probably Lashawn McCoy uh, week to week. Um, I, I think the the passing game has just been uh, electrifying with. Zach Ertz uh, at his best, um, and obviously they've had the the issues with receiver the last few years, so there hasn't really been a, a wide receiver. That's uh, I think their last great receiver core that the team had was Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, and Jason Avant. So you know it's been quite a while since we've had a truly solid um, receiver core. So Zach Ertz has been the the bright spot in there. I think I would take their their Super Bowl receiving core that group, wouldn't you? Alshon yeah. Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz. Corey Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's tough. Like uh, the the receiver core I it's mentioned like is uh, homegrown. I, I guess yeah. You, 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 that's definitely debatable. The last homegrown. Uh, receiver core that that weren't like one year veteran contracts like that that's the big thing with the Super Bowl team is we're, we're learning now that that's an outlier season and a lot of it was due to the one year veteran contracts that kind of like rounded out the team uh, they were built to win now uh, based on you know Carson's near MVP play and Nick Foles's miraculous uh, consistency through the playoffs but or through the latter half of the playoffs but uh, it wasn't a, a, a machine of a, of a winner. It wasn't like a built to win consistently for, for a long time. So, uh, you know, the, the, the plus side of the Eagle struggling this season. Um, and I don't know if you have any more Ertz Ertz stuff you want to talk about, or we can transition into the game, but um, the, the, the plus of this season being full of struggle is we'll get more draft capital and now you know if you don't trust the the quarterback the head coach or the more importantly the the general manager to make the right decisions then maybe you're you're not as high on that um but you know uh covering against the the defending super bowl champions who are looking just as formidable as they were last year uh might you might come away with this game as a as a positive but um uh, there's definitely a lot of negatives to discuss, but uh, we can keep mm-hmm. talking about Zach Gertz if, if you have some more stuff on him. Yeah, two quick things. So um, now that there's no longer like two starting tight ends that they got to 
rotate in. Um, whenever Goddard does come back from the COVID list, he will be thrust into the sole tight end one spot. And that opens up the tight end two spot. And I think for now, I would assume that that goes to Jack Stoll. Uh, Tyree Jackson is now eligible to come back, but it sound, I think uh, Nick Sirianni mentioned that he's still going through his rehab. So it sounds like it's still a few weeks away that we'll see him. Uh, the Eagles did claim Noah Togiai, who they elevated on Thursday night. I'm not sure if you saw any snaps, but he's probably the new tight end three. And I think I saw Richard Rodgers is no longer a part of the Eagles practice squad. So he is, I think he may have went to the Cardinals. So I think he may be with uh, Zach Ertz now, but that's kind of the new tight end room. Um, Goddard stole Tyree Jackson once he comes off of uh, IR and then Togi, who is on the practice squad. And then real quick, let's talk about the, what the Eagles are getting back in return. And if you have any thoughts on the value of the trade. Um, so you do mention the pick that we'll get from the Cardinals. That is a fifth rounder. They are having quite a lot of success so far. So that'll probably essentially be kind of a sixth round pick. You know, it's nominally a fifth, but it will be toward, towards the back of that draft. So it's kind of, you're getting essentially uh, an early sixth round pick and a sixth round pick from this past past draft. And um, that is Tay Gowan, right? Yeah. And he's a cornerback from UCF. He's a tall guy. He's got some height. He's six one. Uh, he's got pretty good speed. I think he ran a four four forty. So uh, clearly, he's not a guy that you can slot in immediately. He is a guy that it seems like is pegged kind of as a project and a guy that has good traits but needs to get some coaching before he can get any sort of uh, opportunity. So it sounds like he'll be exclusively an outside cornerback, and that's something they do need because outside of their starting cornerbacks, everybody's kind of a corner or sorry, a nickelback. Like it's Slay Nelson, and it's kind of a smattering of guys who may be better off on the inside. But what did you think about the value? Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good because uh, going into the season, the thought was he was worth a sixth or a seventh or something like those are probably the uh, offers how he was getting and, or at least that, that was the, the rumor. So to get a fifth round pick uh, late fifth round pick plus another player, I think it was a solid um, all for uh, Zach Ertz and it's a position of need you'll have going into next year, Steven Nelson's on the one year deal. So who, who knows uh, he's been solid this year so far. Um, but who knows if, if the Eagles sign him or, or what the, what the plan is by the end of the season, but you have uh, Zach McPherson and now you have a uh, Tay Gowan, you have a couple other corners. You, you signed Josiah Scott. Um, uh, should whatever his name is the, the Colts one 
uh, uh yeah something um, like that. Uh, so you know you you have all these kind of uh guys that might depending on their contract situation i'm not sure about josiah scott or, or shay sheree or however you say mac it. mac uh, mccain yeah so all, all these all these guys might be uh fighting to make the team or, or, or in the area, but you have a plethora of like fringe guys that might be able to come in and be solid, uh, backups or, um, in a pinch, you know, uh, starters or maybe starters down the line. So, uh, ideally we're not in a rebuilding year next year. Um, but you never know the, the way that the, uh, quarterback play has been up and down and, and the coaching has been mostly down, uh, you know, doesn't really lend itself to have much success next year. Um, but yeah, I, I was pretty positive, uh, on, on the, on the trade overall as, as a bet from a value perspective. Yeah. I think once you got past like, uh, old expectations of Hertz and like, once you knew that was going to essentially be kind of a deflated value, I think it was fine. Like, I think there is value in seeing like taking a flyer on uh, Gowan and also opening up that second tight end spot to see um, what Stoll can do with a few more snaps and see what Tyree Jackson can do once he's healthy. I think it's just, you know, they need to move on. Get, make, I would, I would imagine they come to a long-term uh, extension with Goddard, but. In the I think they of, need to. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, could, I could see if negotiations don't go the way they expect. I think they could always tag him just because the, uh, the tag for tight ends isn't like as prohibitive as it is at other positions just because they're, like the tight end money hasn't uh, caught up with like other positions like quarterback or edge rusher where it's like, it's not as expensive essentially, but yeah, I, I think give him an, give him an extension since they've made that decision. And I think he does get some bargaining. Uh, he does get some leverage back now because some people were saying like, all right, maybe you trade Goddard and you extend earth. And I'm like, I think you got to extend the younger guy who you like, he was a second round pick. Like you clearly liked him for the yeah. future. I think you just I mean, got to commit to them. You're, you're uh, entering territory of having a lot of talent on offense. Uh, you're, you're getting, you just signed my You just drafted Dickerson. You have Smith Watkins is proving to be something, uh, you know, Rager for whatever he is. And you still have Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell looks really good. So you have a pretty strong supporting cast of young talent that's cheap right now uh you you can afford to spend the money on dallas goddard and if if you lose him then you might have to spend a high draft pick on a on a tight i'm not sure what the you know tight end class is looking like this week uh, of course not a kyle pitts level uh doesn't seem but um you know uh, as as draft season comes around you you want to spend you know a decent amount of those picks if they don't package them for a quarterback or something uh on rebuilding your defense uh i would imagine yeah i think i think the money that he will end up getting is 
definitely south of Mark Andrews, who just got a contract extension before the season started. And I, I want to say of the guys, of the tight ends who recently got extended, it was um, also Travis Kelsey. I think Kelsey is like north of uh, Andrews, so that doesn't – I'm trying to think of like the, the Waller? bottom. Did Waller get a contract? I think he's – I think he – I don't know and if he's Kittle, got one. Kittle got one uh, last year. Yeah, Kittle's above Andrews, too. I would say it's, like, somewhere between Andrews, and I want to say, like, Austin Hooper got got one last year. But somewhere in there, I think it's, like, I don't think Eagles fans are going to feel great about it, but I think it, it, it probably will involve some projection because he hasn't had the full starting snaps at most tight ends. Uh, who get these big contracts will get. And I think there might be some hesitance when like the eventual numbers come out just because he has had kind of an injury problem, like not serious injuries, but like he's, he's missed like three or four games here and there. So I think you just want to see him have put, put it together as far as a productive season where he's not missing uh, like three or four games a season. Yeah, I um, think it's a sound investment. And then you also have uh, Miles Sanders' contract ending, I think, at the end of next year. Uh, yeah, so, and Maddox, who had yeah. a really good game. Yeah, I'd say these past two weeks. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, an extension as well. The yeah. roomies can celebrate together. Yeah, so you you have uh, some decisions to make. Uh, you do have some expensive guys off the books. We don't know what the deal is with lane johnson there's no update on him but um he's obviously a major uh piece to the team that who knows what's going to happen uh i've heard speculation of you know he might not play again this season he might not play again period you, you know who you don't know what it is so uh until that gets resolved uh you'll you'll see what you have in dillard uh and and my i mean dillard didn't really have a good game on thursday but uh if if he can put it together and uh, my strong on the right side that might be your duo for for the next little while and uh but you know that remains to be seen let's get into the game uh the eagles lose 28 22 um i had a put a, a note in that I didn't realize uh, that's comically at the top of our rundown here that uh, Davion Taylor had his first career start uh, over Alex Singleton. So, um, you know, there, there's a linebacker tidbit, um, but the uh, uh, just quarterback comparison, Brady was 34 for 42 for 297 yards. Hertz 12 for 2,615 yards. Brady had th- uh, two throwing touchdowns. Hertz had one. They both had a pick. Uh, Hertz's uh, rating was 55.8, so pretty atrocious. Um, Fournette had 22 carries to Miles Sanders, nine. Uh, Antonio Brown had nine receptions for 93 yards. Zach Ertz was our leading receiver on four receptions for 29 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Antonio Brown also had a touchdown. So, you know, you're, you completed 12 passes the whole game. It's been pass heavy, uh, but 
comparatively, Brady completed 34 passes, so almost uh, triple the amount of passes Brady completes. The the Buccaneers looking like very much the Super Bowl contender uh, uh, that they were last year. Um, I'm I'm not sure. You know, wasn't too surprised that that they lost. It ended up being close. Could have been less close as the uh, Buccaneers opted to just take the knee with the Eagles out of timeouts. They were, I think, inside the 20 at the end of the game there very well. Could have scored another touchdown, extended it to another uh, seven points. But um, uh, what, what was your overall reaction to the game? Or are you uh, – do you think there's any big implications from this game or we're kind of out of that original gauntlet and we're, we're facing a less difficult schedule moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think like, I don't think there's like necessarily new takeaways from this game, but I think this game definitely confirms that what they're doing on offense will not work against above average defenses like it's kind of like i like this, this isn't insightful at all but like it seems like the offense we're not very insightful on this podcast <laughs> well the, the team doesn't really have many interesting wrinkles to it but it's like on offense they will beat bad defenses and only in those situations will their like offensive game plan look like not toxic and we saw that against the uh the falcons and we saw it against the chiefs and then on the other side their defense will beat up on poor quarterback play and poor offensive lines and we saw that against the falcons and the panthers and first stretches against the uh 49ers but it's i mean on on offense, like we're just not seeing an imaginative, creative game plan. We're, we're seeing much of the same concepts that like a lot of RPOs, which I think are fine and they, they, there clearly is value to them, especially with the young quarterback who maybe doesn't have the best offensive talent surrounding him and like quick screens. And I think against really good defenses like uh, the Panthers and the, um, yeah, I just forgot that we played the Buccaneers um, against good defenses like that. Like they're gonna get sniffed out because that's like, it's very obvious so that that's like half your game plan. So any quick passes, like everybody's just selling out to get to the sideline and without any sort of intermediate game they're just kind of they're like daring you to throw and i think that that obviously deters um the run calls and then it just makes you a very predictable offense like they're they're tempting you to throw the ball because they know that hertz isn't a great quarterback like he's he's not a very skilled player at, at this point in his career so like just throw the ball we know that like we'll we'll live with the throws and they're already a very good run defending team so you just see a very uh predictable um offense and i think 
like that that's a criticism for Sirianni. Like you just there's nothing inventive. There's he he teaches that he wants to put his players in the best chance for success, and we haven't seen that in weeks. Well, I. I shouldn't say weeks because we did see it against the Chiefs, but that's like it was a very bad defense. We haven't seen the offense do anything impressive against a, like a mediocre to above average defense. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaways is just it continues to prove that pattern. I think that's like that that will hold back the team until they figure it out. That's that's a quarterback issue. That's a game game calling issue and I think that that's probably the biggest takeaway that I have yeah I uh I left this game uh you know Hurts didn't have a good game and we can debate Hurts but uh, I left this game thinking that Nick Sirianni is actively hurting the the future of this team and uh whether you know it's Jeffrey Lurie's decision to hire him uh he he hired he brought in his own guys uh, I don't believe Doug uh, had that luxury. Doug had Frank Reich and Jim Schwartz, two veteran uh, coordinators, uh, Jim Schwartz being a former head coach, to to guide him, help him uh, along the way. Uh, Nick Sirianni does not have that. Uh, they they run 23 plays in the first half. One is a one running back carry for for Miles Sanders. So you're you're forcing Jalen Hurts to. Uh, you know, do what Tom Brady does, do, do what all the very good quarterbacks do, do what you should be able to do as a quarterback, which is stay in the pocket, diagnose the defense, all that. But coming out of college, Jalen Hurts is a, as a first read and run quarterback. He's, he's relied on his legs. He, he, he likes to run. He wants to prove himself as a, as a quarterback uh, first and foremost. So he might be trying to like force the, uh, the the pocket presence on, on himself rather than use his legs, but he he's not being put in a position to to succeed by Nick Sirianni calling a one one actual running back carry in in twenty three plays in the, in the first half. So you know one one run in, in an entire half, you're you're forcing Jalen Hurts, a rookie quarterback, twenty three years old, uh, to do what all the great quarterbacks do and uh you're basically throwing him in, in the deep end and uh making him make all these reads which is not something he's done in his career it's uh you know if if Jalen Hurts was a first round pick I think he'd be a bust uh be but him being a second round pick uh I think he's uh there there there's an assumption that he needs to develop and i think his development is not a gradual thing because you don't have that you have a rookie head coach who's never called plays before um ca calling all these plays as if he had he's working with like philip rivers or some some veteran that uh knows how to do all these things and um uh, and that's just just not the case. I mean, uh, Sirianni. I, I'm not sure of, of the timing, but he was with the Chargers. Phil Phil Rivers was there. He's with the Colts last year. Uh, Philip Rivers was there. Uh, so you know, Philip Rivers was a solid quarterback in the league for many 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 years. Uh, definitely good for for fantasy stats uh, at the very least. But um, uh, you know. It's, he he's he's putting a lot on Jalen Hurts' shoulders, not running the ball at all, 
um, you, you're basically throwing the ball. Like if you're Jalen Hurts, whose arm has been uh, mediocre this season, uh, I'll say he's he's flashed with his legs. He's he's flashed uh, uh, rolling out and and uh, uh, making some passes, but. Uh, I've, I've, I'm beginning to feel similarly to how I felt with Carson, where it's once he lets go of the ball, I'm not expecting it to be a completion. And when it is, I'm, uh, painfully, uh, happy, uh, uh and, and when it's not, uh, it's, uh, just, you know, sort of to be expected, but, um, uh, he he's, he's forcing Jalen hurts to do all these things without the, uh, help of of a run game getting three four yards on first down and you're working with a third and third and six third and, or second and six second and five much more manageable uh, you're running all these screens uh, you're not chipping away at the yards you need to get to to get a first down each each uh, series you're you're forcing Jalen Hurts to do it all himself against the uh, former two, two teams that were in the Super Bowl uh, last year. So yeah. um, uh, I think it's a lot to put on Jalen Hurts. And he had he did he, he had a horrible game. He stunk at times this season. He's shown flashes. I think Sirianni's actively hurting this team because he's not putting Jalen Hurts in a position to properly evaluate him as a future quarterback for this team for either the next couple of years or for, for the long term, And uh, not knowing that about Jalen hurts at the end of the season is uh, a waste of a year because you're you, you, one thing you do know is Sirianni's not the guy. You still don't know if hurts is the guy it, it needs to be clear that uh, Hertz is or isn't good, and he needs to be put in a position to be able to have success. I don't believe he's in that position, in which case you can't properly evaluate him, which is the whole point of this whole season. Yeah, no, I think that's a good I, – I would say that, like, I, I guess I'm not quite there. Like, I am still wrapping this with the caveat that, the Bucks are the Super Bowl defending champions. They have probably, I don't know if they're the best defensive line, but they're certainly like a top three. Uh, the pressure was getting there. there. There were like a lot of pressures. I think we have seen stretches where the offense has looked good, albeit against poor defenses. But I think we'll... I think we'll, there's certainly more to learn about Sirianni and Hertz throughout the rest of the season. And I think that'll be a better environment to kind of gauge their success. You know, I think next week against the Raiders, I think that's a really good game just to kind of glean information more so than this past week. But I'm definitely there with like, all right, this kind of feels like uh a little bit of a rerun certain weeks this season to last season. Like it's starting to feel like kind of the slog Peterson offense that we've just like doubling down on certain principles when they're proven to be um, just not leading to good execution or not a lot of efficient downs. Like yeah, to I mean, me, I, 
they, they don't show up for the first three quarters. The, the offense is basically inept for, for three quarters. And uh, it's been six games. You, you don't have an identity of this team. They, there, there was a question I think Sirianni answered, like, I, I would hope that we don't know our identity 100%. Uh, the, I think this was his conference yesterday. Is like, I would hope that we don't have our identity 100% because I, I would hope or I would think no team has an identity at, at this point. It's week six. Like you, you, you evolve over the course of a season. But so far, the only identity that I can place on this team is uh, they show up for the fourth quarter uh, from an offensive perspective. The, the defense has uh, either shown up for the entire game or, or not at all. Um, this was the first game they gave up between 20 and 40 points. They either gave up under 20 or over 40, but, mm. uh, the, the, the ineptitude for three quarters is, uh, inexcusable. Um, uh, I, I think that they, uh, Super Bowl or not, like it doesn't, I, I, I it's, it doesn't make sense to me that they can just kind of like turn it on in, in the fourth quarter and maybe the the bucks are up so much that they uh, aren't playing as as tight uh defensively as in the earlier quarters but um it was the same against the the panthers and um and uh you know the the chiefs game might be an, an outlier because they moved the ball pretty well but like uh even even the uh um uh, the the Cowboys game they they couldn't do anything until later in the game also so maybe you know giving up so many points the defense is kind of uh, relax a bit but that that's been their offensive identity so far as they they can't get anything going until the fourth quarter well whether that's the defense loosening up on them because of the the difference in uh, points or uh, they, they figure something out in the fourth quarter. I, I don't know which it is, but that, that seems to be their offensive identity. What are, what's your like concern level? I would say like coming out of this week, but you can use all six weeks to like arrive at. So like kind of balance, you know, the recency bias of Thursday night football with the season. What's your, What's your current concern level of the Sir, Sirianni Hertz partnership on just on offense? We won't talk about like this is like Sirianni's play calling and Hertz's performance because, of course, Sirianni has stuff outside of offensive game call, game. Well, calling. from from the most basic level, I think the the biggest concern is that Hertz is not. Uh, able to be properly evaluated because of the the game planning i think that uh you know not running the ball at all is tough to measure uh hertz's development because he he basically has to do everything himself for for the entirety of the game um so i think that that's been a consistent issue for the entire uh, six games. Uh, I think the only saving grace at this point of the season is that it was a, it was a gauntlet of a uh, first six games. Um, looking at the upcoming schedule, they have seven uh, weeks of uh, games until they're by um, they play uh, at, 
at the Raiders, at the Lions, home against the Chargers, at the Broncos, home against the Saints, at the Giants, at the Jets. So, uh, you know, let's say you're you're two and three or three and two in the next five. So let's say th- two and three, just to be pessimistic. So you're you're four and uh, seven, and then you have Giants Jets. Let's say you you're looking pretty good, and you, you, whether let's say worst case they split. So now they're they're five and eight going into the bye. I think you're uh, not as down on the team. They're they're a below average team, but they they've shown that they can win a couple games against average or bad opponents. Um, so you know five and eight going into the bye. Uh, I think that might be a positive. You'll you'll have a better understanding of Hertz as a quarterback. Sirianni as a play caller against the teams that aren't as good. Um, but that's the only saving grace right now. If, if they look just as disjointed and uh, clueless as they've been the first six weeks uh, and you're, I don't know, uh, you know, four and nine or something or, or, or three and 10, I think that you're, uh, you're feeling pretty down on uh, Sirianni for sure. And, uh, and, and hurts depending on how the, game plan as as uh, the game planning has evolved over the the next seven games i I think uh if you if they're bad but you feel like you have a a pretty good picture of jalen hurts as a quarterback who i think is a is a great leader a great locker room guy a very talented runner the uh and has an average arm i think i think he lacks touch like what that's what i've seen is like under throwing a couple balls, he skipped that one ball to Rager in an apparent clean pocket. There was pressure, but at the time of the throw, it was clean pocket. Um, sliding uh, for a loss uh, with plenty of time to throw the ball away. Um, you know, all these all these things might be growing pains, or they might be emblematic of of him as a as a quarterback. So. Uh, to answer your question, I think the biggest concern right now is um, the the putting the the ability to evaluate Hertz as a quarterback, um, independent of you know the the game plan or or as independent as possible. Obviously, they're very much intertwined. All right, but like let's say between one and 100, 100 being like uh, you know quit. Quit what? Quit watching the game? Quit the podcast? Yeah. Quit uh quit watching, quit caring, uh quit hurts. Like total total check. So I'm checking out on the Eagles this year. No, I'll sorry, I'll I'll be more clear. Yeah. One to a hundred, one hundred being like, all right, hurts, you know, like He's not the guy, like, if anything, maybe he'll be the backup going forward or he's, like, the plan B. In a uh, way, that's 100, a positive. 100. Because then we know. But, sorry. Oh, definitely, but it would be kind of... Like, you definitely want to exhaust that option because you don't want to, like, see him go on to be a starting quarterback with another team. And then also, I guess you could include, like, Sirianni, like... Justin, find somebody else. It's like, where are you? Um, 
one one to a hundred. I've right now uh, I feel like I'm at a. I have a number for what you sound like you are. Okay. I want to hear what you think you are. Okay. So at this point in the season, because the schedule gets easier, I'm going to say I'm at a, a 50 for, for both Hertz and Syria. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying project for the end of the season. I'm saying at, to this point in the season, where are you? No, that, that's where I am at this point in the season, given, given what's to come. If 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 I felt this way about Sirianni and Hertz at the end of the season, I would say, uh, with a more competent coach, Hertz might have success. Fifties so neutral I would say, though. <laughs> I would say fire. I would say get rid of Sirianni and get a competent coach in to coach up Hertz. All, all I want at the end of this year is to have a decent to uh, full evaluation of Hertz. Uh, I think it's easier to evaluate Sirianni week to week because you, you look at the, the defense, you look at all facets of the game and uh, you see the penalties, you see all these like glaring things. Um, but I can't tell if the coach is ruining the quarterback or the quarterback's just not good enough. And I, I want to know that the quarterback is good enough or not good enough at the end of the season because you can always fire the coach. Gotcha. It's easier right. to find like an up and coming coach, I would think, than uh, like how many coaching vacancies are there going to be? How many offensive coordinators like Byron Leftwich might have a job next year? Um, the enemy, who knows? Uh, maybe there's like a hotshot college guy, Joe Brady. You know, you have all these names. Not after last week. <laughs> well, I mean, Darnold's not that good. So. I think I think people just uh, crumpled up the uh, the request. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, uh, you know, you have all these other names. I think that bring like Sirianni wasn't even a name in the search last year. Like like Sirianni was like a who's that uh, when they signed him. So I think that. Not, not that it's easy to find a good head coach, but I think it would be easier than to find a, another quarterback that, that you believe in. Um, and, and I think that uh, the, the, it's more important that Hertz is not ruined by Sirianni this year than Sirianni works. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just say you sounded like an 85 before we started to dissect the, uh, yeah, well, context matters, <laughs> but yeah, I would say I'm an 85 if you don't factor in all the all the factors. Yeah, all right. I, I just I just can't explain. Like, I know how bad that they, they ran the ball more in the second half, and and Miles Sanders had a few positive runs. Like he had a couple yeah. like first down runs on on first down, like 12 yard runs. So mm-hmm. I don't know why they're not. Uh, like maybe he's not a power back. You can like run up the gut constantly. And I don't know that you want to do that against Tampa Bay, but um, some, some pitches, some, maybe there's like a, a, a reverse in there or something or, or, or like a design, like sweeper. I, I don't know something, something that's like more uh, creative. Like you said, there, there's no creativity. Uh, the, the first half against the Panthers were all like screens. Like yeah. that's, I guess fine, but you're not in court. Their, their screens are shots down the field. And 
like maybe a simple like out route like intermediate in, intermediate out routes like that are either gonna go out of bounds or or hit the receiver like the the quez interception the ball was inside should have been thrown outside like quez even said like that's my bad i i i shouldn't like known the the ball was thrown inside and i was outside so i should have like swatted it down or like it was a bad throw like i get you're not you're protecting your quarterback but that was a bad throw and uh Mm -hmm. there's been other misses like there was a short pass over the middle that was a miss that was a tough throw i think it was to Ertz, tough throw to make but um you know uh, i I noticed on even the brady incompletions they were in a they were thrown in a way, and I don't mean to compare Hertz to Brady, but um, they were they were in a way that like either the receiver is going to catch it or is going to be overthrown or out of bounds or like you know in a safe area. Like you you need to put the ball somewhere that's it, it's going to be either a catch or and uh, uh, no doubt about it or minimal doubt about it uh, incompletion like out of bounds or something like that. Like I, I'm not sure. Hertz never overthrows anyone. It's all underthrown or it's caught or it's a 50 yeah, 50 well, ball or something like you say that i immediately think of the earth's uh deep shot against the panthers <laughs> yeah when so, it was when yeah. earth's just was nowhere near the ball but yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that let's talk about the defense i thought like during the game just like looking back at my game notes i was like this is like the most casual, nonchalant dominance that wasn't like it, there weren't a lot of deep shots. And I know that's like the the defensives the defense's design, but like Brady was just happily taking like whatever underneath completion. And also like Fournette was like tearing up the defense, like yeah. on multiple runs he just like steamrolled singleton and i was like damn that's a tough look like singleton had a good year last year and this season it, it's not going as well but i thought the pay or sorry the buccaneers just had no problem going down the field uh like basically playing by the eagles defense defenses defenses rules and it's all um, soft coverage. It's zone coverage. Two high safeties. Like, give give up every like keep everything in front of you, uh, yeah. and that kind of defense. Like, you know, doesn't give up the big play, but there there's these long and grueling drives that Brady can pick apart because you're you're having these fundamental like short slant routes that mm-hmm. are are easy completions like i think their first drive they had one third down like they they just marched down the field and scored and like you know it's not sustainable to uh go touchdown for touchdown like they did on the first two drives but Brady's going to do that through the course of a game and the defense is going to get worn down and the offense can't stay on the field so it's a it's it's a it's a really not safe way to play defensively when when your offense is going through all these growing pains and ineptitudes yeah and it's it's very low pressure like and i'm not talking like rush pressure i just mean like it's very low pressure like these are dropbacks scanning finding your guy maybe it's your second read and it's just Mm -hmm. like all right it'll be like second and four and then like (laughs) best case scenario it's like 
third and two or third and one, and they're going to get that more often than not. Yeah. I mean, you're, um, you're missing Brandon Graham. Fletcher Cox isn't the same player. Your, your defensive line is not as dominant as it once was. And that's what the Eagles have famously relied on uh, for their, uh, you know, good years, the last uh, five, six years. And they're just not a strong defensive line this year that outside of Hargrave. So one of my, my guys, uh, well, also hurts is one of my, my guys. So, you know, that's not the best, uh, uh, this past week, but big, big week for my guy, Dallas Goddard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't having it, but I think like, all right, we might see that ROI on the back half of the season here. Yeah. I mean, Josh uh, but- Sweat might be having a good year, but, uh, the, the defensive line wasn't pressuring Brady, which when you're not working with the defensive line, you're, you're, you're watching Brady do what you said, your, your little scans and, and dinking and dunks. And by what, what about the know. Barnett, what about the Barnett hit on Brady? I thought like that was, that was a little juice right there. He just threw Brady like a rag doll. I thought that was a nice, that was like one of the few times we saw Brady on the ground. Yeah. I mean, the the replay of him like still shoving Brady and the ref like separating I, him that, just felt like uh the second grader trying to bully the fifth grader like it it seemed a little sad to me that at that point in the game down like 21 21 7 or 28 so whatever it was I thought there were this is like I won't I think you could make the argument that like oh man the refs were bad I thought the refs were uniquely bad this game I thought the um Let's see. I think the Epps interception overturn was like awful. Yeah. I did not think there was uh, indisputable evidence to overturn the initial call. I think it was definitely like the ruling on the field. It took like 10 minutes too. Yeah. No, like if it takes that long, like you're not, you're clearly not finding evidence. Like you're like weighing outcomes like (laughs) yeah is everybody gonna be is everybody gonna be okay with us just like pretending like this didn't just happen um i thought the the Gennard avery taunting call on the last drive of the game was like like i know a lot of people have been saying the taunting calls are just like horrendous i thought that one was awful like i know that avery shouldn't be like kind of standing or like looming over fournette because like the game that Fournette was having, like it just felt strange to make like a, a chest pumping move there. But like, if you look at it, Fournette, like he, he when he stands up, like he bumps into Avery. <laughs> I just yeah, thought it was the he, dumbest call. He definitely call. sold it, but uh, Avery, Avery lingered after, after the play. You, the, the rule is like objectively a horrible rule. Like, I don't, like the rule sucks but he should know that the rule is the rule and just but there's nothing objective and... about the rule. Like it, it is, it is a rule of subjectivity. And I thought the ruling on the call was just awful. Like you, he clearly wasn't like, he wasn't even mouthing off. Yeah. It's him. a bad rule. It's a bad rule. I'm saying the rules objectively bad. It's, it's based on subjectivity, but it's. Uh, yeah. And I'm saying like, if you, bad. if you watch that, like I, there's an argument to me made that like what Fournette did was more in line with taunting. I just thought it was so dumb, especially at that point in the game, yeah. just gifting them 13 yards, no, sorry, 15 yards on a first down kind of like a, a relatively short gain. I thought that was awful. Yeah. There I did, was a I few did, others, but I just think that uh, while the whole, that whole series of events was horrible, 
you need at that point in the game you need to have the presence of mind to you know just get back on get back ready for the next play I, I agree I that would be nice but it's just it's not the call you make at that point yeah. in the game yeah. like okay. it's just bad yeah um, um the defense did manage to put together like more stops than i think i would have anticipated they did get the the arm punt interception that was anthony harris who threw a lateral to darius slay mm -hmm. i thought what should have been the, the eps interception and also the turnover on downs so I mean, for going up against one of the best offenses in the NFL, I thought like watching the game, it felt awful. In retrospect, I think the defense did a, an okay job. But then again, like it really should have been a 35 if we're going off of like they're. I think they kneeled the ball like the 10. So yeah, it's just something else to keep in mind. But overall, like that's fine. Like it's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah, I think. Um... The, the defense, see, the the defense had uh, some highlights, um, so, some good play. Like, I, I think that the defense looks like normal uh, for a, you know, middle of the pack team to middle of the pack to mediocre team. Uh, and I, I, I don't really have much to, to say, except I, I think we're thin on, at the defensive line. There wasn't nearly enough pressure the last few games on, on the quarterback. Granted, two of those three are playing against Mahomes and Brady. But um, the, the defense, I haven't really had much or any issue with. Uh, there, there aren't perplexing uh, uh, cover or plays or why is this on that it's just like to be expected they don't invest in the linebacker position they're going to be weak against the run the defensive line has been weak this year it's banged up Fletcher Cox isn't the same guy like all these things uh and they're they're consistent week to week like they 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 do the the you know give them the short stuff uh long drives like this defensive philosophy scheme or not or not whatever it is uh, it has been consistent all year and that's what we can expect. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Like disagree with the philosophy, but that's what Gannon's running. Uh, offense has been my issue where there's no like real game plan. There, there's no real like, uh, uh, intention with the offense, uh, at all. So I think that that's the, the biggest issue moving forward. And yes, you're, you're playing a Super Bowl team, but, uh it's still like not clear what you're really trying to do with the offense so i think that the defense uh you know the special teams whatever um, i know jake elliott missed that field goal could you imagine if he he made the field goal and i guess the the, the i almost said patriots the buccaneers yeah I, I did that earlier <laughs> uh, they would have scored on that last drive if it was really a three-point game or they would have at least kicked the field goal if it was really a three-point game or maybe it would have worked out differently but uh special teams and defense i think uh you know they they got outplayed by a better team and that's okay we we know how good the team is or or should be but um, that the offense was totally like not playing the same sport. Uh, that's what it felt like. It, it felt like the process Sixers playing the the Curry, Clay, and uh, Durant uh, Warriors or something. Like yeah, that, so. I thought overall it was just like a boring performance. Like tough to watch, tough to enjoy. Like I just want to mm -hmm. come away like having something to be entertained by. And on offense, it's just been a 
yeah it's been a slog the last two weeks yeah i think the defense is the bright spot you expect them to to compete um and and the offense just looks totally uh in in cohesive inept uh, i saw brian bald baldinger break down on the hurt slide where the three receivers bunched on the on the far side of that play um immediately went to block and it was an rpo so it hurts run uh hurts like runs the rpo looks at the three receivers and all three are not looking for the ball they're all blocking and and it seemed like no one was on the same page he ended up sliding two yards behind the line of scrimmage all these things like need to get cleaned up obviously we, we say this week week in and week out um but overall yeah i think i think the the defense and the special teams were we're fine for a team that's at where, where it's at. Uh, the offense needs to catch up. I think they're a 500 team if the offense does catch up and uh, maybe uh, on the bubble team, maybe uh, come, come December when, when uh, we watch a, a Fox NFL game of the week and they have the playoff picture, the Eagles are the, are the bottom uh, in the hunt team. Uh, I, I, that's, that's my hope for the, for the years. They're like the fourth in the hunt team or something like that. Like, maybe maybe week 16 or 17 they they take them off the that graphic but um uh yeah that that's pretty much all all i have on the game um uh my my final thought of uh zach Ertz is uh um similar uh, i'm not going to say that they're as meaningful to each philly team Uh, zach Ertz obviously more meaningful to the to the eagles is uh but it, it has a similar feel of um uh, Gabe Kapler going to the Giants, harboring resentment for the Giants uh, for the 2010 playoff run, uh, still harboring resentment for the Cardinals for the uh, NFC Championship game against uh, Kurt Warner, I believe. So uh, now I have reason to like the Arizona Cardinals again outside of uh, just, you know, Kyler Murray being a fun player. So I think it's got similar vibes there. I don't really hate the Giants anymore. I'm not going to hate the Cardinals anymore. Um, So uh, uh, farewell, uh, Zach Ertz. It's not uh, goodbye forever. Thank you uh, for the Super Bowl for uh, eight, 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 nine, I think it was nine seasons of – uh, uh, of, of class and grit and, uh, uh, entertainment and, uh, uh, best of luck. That's, that's what I have to say for, uh, to Zach. How dare you make an indirect comparison between Zach Ertz and Gabe Kapler? <laughs> that's a disgrace. <laughs> I don't Okay. Do you have any final thoughts? No, that was, that was my final thought. Uh, okay. Well, uh, on that note, um, We'll uh, be back to preview the uh, Raiders game later in the week. For Mike, I'm Ian. 